Good morning. It's good to be back after a series of of rest. It's good to be back here and preaching God's word again. And I must admit, in my preparations, I felt a bit rusty. You know, I had to put down a hammer <laughs> and uh, sat down on my computer again. But there was his excitement came too, especially uh, in regards to this series. It's been one that I've been praying about for quite a time, and believe that this is the season for it. So I'd like to just pray as well as we begin this series. Father, as we come to your word now and the weeks to come, Lord, we thank you that your word is alive, it is active. And so as we come, Lord, to, to reflect on your words, we pray that your Holy Spirit will take them and use them. May you speak to us, may you shape us, and so prepare our hearts, Lord, to come before you, Lord, with expectation and a readiness to take your truth, Lord, and to apply it in our lives. But we pray that it might comfort those who need comfort and might challenge those who need to be challenged, Lord. But above all, may it grow us to become more like you, we pray. We pray these things in Jesus' name, and we all say, Amen. I'm going to get my water for a second. I wonder how you're feeling this morning. I must admit that even after a long season Um, of rest and of leave, there's still a sense of heaviness and of tiredness. The world in which we live in at the moment just has this this underlying sense of exhaustion. So I wonder if you feel tired. Are you tired of the pandemic? (laughs) Amen, someone says. Are you just tired of the goalposts continually shifting and being given hope and then turning out to be false hope and then more hope and false hope and things just shifting constantly. To be honest, maybe you're feeling tired and frustrated in the situation with our church. We'll say goodbye to Pastor John in the weeks to come and that brings a sadness, a a celebration, yes, for the, the ministry we've had with him, but also a sadness to say goodbye. And then the recent news that I'm also finishing in the weeks to come brings a heaviness. We need to be honest and real with that. Not to also ignore that life in general is just tiring. There seem to be two types of way we respond to this. We can either be the wanderer. That is, we find it easy to busy ourselves with all these things that life has to offer. We just get busy. We, we do many things, maybe in a restricted manner. But we get on with life and we just do one thing after the other, after the other, after the other. And we find ourselves waking up early, going to bed at night and hitting the pillow just exhausted. Because life goes on and we just fill it with so many things. We have to admit that we don't even know why we are so busy with the things that we do. It's in this place, if we pause for a moment, maybe a place where a a truth we're afraid to admit that, that when we pause, we find that we're tired, exhausted, spiritually dry. Maybe you're not a wanderer. Maybe you've given up. Maybe there was a time when you did so many things, but too much. And you come to the other end of the spectrum and instead you end up doing nothing very productive at all. Just going through the motions of life, filling your days, maybe with Netflix, could fill 10 lifetimes with the amount of series there. 
Maybe gaming is a thing that you do and you just go numb by spending hours and hours by doing that thing. Maybe you find other ways to escape life. Maybe you sleep more than you need. And you find that life starts to lose its meaning, it starts to lose its rhythm. There's no more movement. There's, there's nothing that seems to energise you anymore. You've gone numb. Or maybe there's something of the wanderer and something of the one who does nothing at all in all of us. And in both places there is a deep fatigue, a heaviness and a weight that we carry. And it only becomes evident when we pause for long enough to feel the true state of our hearts. It is in this deeply anxious and tired world that God sends Jesus to speak the voice of love. Jesus says, follow me. Don't keep running around. Follow me. Don't just sit there in a pointless manner. Follow me. And it's this voice that completely reshapes and restores our life as we go from wandering or just sitting there, one of these lives to one that is focused and fulfilled. To be disciples of Jesus, that is to be Christ learners, to be growing in him, means to listen to the voice of Jesus in our lives. Be it a life that is frightfully frantic or painfully pointless, his voice calls out to us wherever we find ourselves and invites us to walk by his side. So it's a good question to pause and to ask. Are you following Jesus? Are you just wandering through life? Do you find you've given up on life? Why are you following Jesus? I encourage you this day to follow the voice of Jesus. A voice that calls you to be by his side. A voice that offers forgiveness. A voice that offers life everlasting. There are many voices in our world. We're bombarded with voices from every side. And yet the most important is the one that will not force itself on us. The still, small voice of God. You may know the story in 1 Kings where Elijah the prophet gets to experience the voice of God and and God's just done these amazing things, these miraculous miracles, these, these mighty movements of power to show himself. And Elijah runs because he is now in a place where he's being persecuted. He's upset some people. And he runs and finds himself in a cave. And God tells him that I am about to pass by. And as he stands at the mouth of, a, at the, of, of this cave, there's this enormous thunder. And we read that God is not in the thunder. And then there's this earthquake that, that shakes the earth, that shakes the ground. But we read the Lord is not in the earthquake. And then there's this enormous fire but again the Lord is not in the fire and then there is a still small voice it can often be translated a whisper or even the silence 
It's in this still, small voice, in this whisper, in this silence, that the Lord is within. The Lord is in that voice. So my prayer for you as we begin this journey is that in the midst of an anxious, busy world, deafening world, my prayer is that you will be sensitive to the still, small voice of God. I pray that you will be sensitive to his spirit as he calls out and invites you. As we read through scripture, we can see many times that Jesus invites his people to follow him, to, to, to see him. There's, there's in many ways in, in which Jesus invites his people. He calls out to those who would listen. And as we begin today, the same spirit that spoke to Elijah, that, that led and guided the disciples, speaks to us through his Holy Spirit. I pray that you will be ready to hear and to listen to the still, small voice of God. Are you ready? Let's begin. Today, we start with one of the invitations that Jesus gives to come and see. I'm going to read from John chapter 1, from verse 35. If you've got your Bibles or your devices, open up and read with me. We read these words. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. This is John, whom we know as John the Baptist. You may know of this character. And as Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, Look, there is the Lamb of God. Now when John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. It's an interesting passage. We open up to see a picture of John the Baptist. Now, John had come before Jesus, and in Scripture we know that that John was coming to prepare the way for Jesus. That was his role as a prophet. He comes and he's been speaking to crowds. He's been saying, Jesus is coming. One will come who will take away your sins. Something that I cannot do, but one will come after me who will. One who is the chosen one of God. And it seems quite a number of people started following him. They wanted to know more. They wanted to learn more about this one of whom he spoke. And here they are standing around and Jesus walks past. Jesus walks by and John points to to those who were with him saying, Hey, remember the one I've been telling you about all this time, the one I've been preparing you for, there he is. There he goes. Look, there is the Lamb of God, he says. And there's two disciples we read, two disciples of John, mind you, remember? They're following John. They look and they see Jesus and we read that they go and follow Jesus. We know who they are in, from verse 40. We know it's Andrew, Simon Peter's brother is, is the first. 
We don't know exactly who the second of the disciples are. We believe that it's John, the beloved disciple, another John. We, we can't know that one for certain, but we do know that there's the two that are there. And we do know that as they see Jesus, they firstly do this, they pursue him. And today we're going to look at the lives of these two people and what it means to be a disciple. And firstly, as these two men hear John's words, they pursue him. With much enthusiasm, they follow him. And I'm guessing, I hope I would be in the same place, that if I'm following John to learn more about who Jesus is, then when Jesus finally comes, they go, and they go with enthusiasm. And we read that Jesus notices that they are following him, and he asks them, what do you want? I'm not sure if you've ever noticed someone watching you, or if you've been going around your own business, and you just get that inkling. Maybe it's the, the hairs on your, the back of your head that just raise for a moment. You, know, you get that sense that someone's watching. <laughs> and there are times when you know who they are. There's times you don't. You just get that feeling. But in this case, Jesus is aware and he notices these two disciples who start to follow him. And he asks a pretty simple question. What do you want? What, what is it that you're, you're doing? What, why are you following me? And they reply, where are you staying? Sounds like a pretty forward question to ask, but what they're actually asking in this is, we want to see you more. We want to know more about you. We want to come with you. We want to be with you where you are, where you're staying. That's where we want to come to. And we see in these two something that can inspire us. We see a curiosity to learn more about Jesus. We see a passion in them to go and to pursue him. Here's my prayer for you and I today. I pray that in your walk with Jesus, that your curiosity to know more about him will never cease. Maybe you're here today and you're curious. Maybe you're listening today, you're watching online and you're doing so because you're curious. You, you want to know more about who this Jesus is. Maybe you don't classify yourself a follower yet, a, a fully committed follower, let's say, but you want to know more. I want to encourage you, continue to pursue him. I love this promise we read in Jeremiah chapter 29 from verse 13, where God says this, speaking to his people, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you. So maybe you're searching, maybe you're looking for him and let's be honest, maybe that's been a difficult journey. Maybe God's been far more quiet than you would like but here's the encouragement for you here today. Continue to pursue him. God promises that when you pursue him with your whole heart that you will find him. So continue in your journey to pursue Jesus. Maybe you're here and you've been a Christ follower for many years. And I'd like to try something, if that's okay, a bit of interaction here. I want to find out who, who has followed Jesus in this room for the longest. Just want to put it out there, Let, let's get a bit of a, a taste. Um, I'll just throw out more than one year. Anyone there? I just want to give you guys a chance to put your hands up, if that's you, okay? Just, just under one year, sorry. So more than one. More than five. More than ten. Twenty. 30, 40, more than 42 years. 
All right, that's now longer than my age. <laughs> so I'm just putting that one there. 45. Wow. 50? 60? Oh, I'm going up in tens. My goodness. 60? Do I dare say 70? Oh, we're still going strong. Do I dare say 80? I thought, oh, no, no, it's in, the, it's in the 70s. Just give it to us. I could have just asked from the beginning, couldn't I? <laughs> but how many years? 72, 73. Same. No, is that the winner? On 73. Good. Put your hands together again. That's amazing. 73 years. That is phenomenal. Yeah, I must admit, something that I'm encouraged by is when you meet people who've been following Jesus for decades and they love Jesus almost as much as when they first began. There's something inspiring when you, you meet people who just love Jesus. And they probably because they know more about him in the journey they've had with him, but where they still have that, that same love and that same passion for him. And you know as well as I do that every relationship has, has its ups and downs. And there are times when relationships have been going for a season where they may not be as exciting as they used to be. Relationships go through that. <laughs> And I'm sure and we see that that is even happens in our walk with God. We have these difficult seasons or we have these seasons where we don't pursue God in the same way that we once did. My prayer for every person here, if you were following him, is that you will continue to find joy and passion in your relationship with Jesus. That that will never cease. I understand that our lives go through these different times where it can be hard to follow him, where God can often feel silent. Continue to pursue him. And in the promise of Jeremiah, if you look for him, he will be there, you will find him. God is always present. So here's the first thing. Pursue Jesus in your walk with him. Here's the next one. Experience Jesus. You see, these two disciples we read of are asking where Jesus is staying. And I love his response. Jesus responds with the words that, sort of the the crux of what we're talking about here today. These words that simply state, come and see. It's an invitation. He's Jesus, he's going, people are following him. He asks them, what are you doing? They say, we'd love to know more about you. And Jesus says, well, come with me. It's an invitation. He holds out his hand and says, come, come and see. See, Jesus could have responded in many ways. A literal response, you know, this is my address, such and such. But no, he knew their hearts. He knew they were keen to know more about him and so he simply invites them to come and to see. And we read, if you look closely, that they go and they're with Jesus. Simple, yet profound. Think about this invitation. No demands, no requirements. Now as we go through this journey, we'll see that that, that Jesus starts to call and invite his disciples to deeper levels of commitment. But it begins with this simple invitation to just come and see. Come as you are. I don't need to change anything. I'm not even going to ask anything of you except just come and to see. Personal words. It's an invitation that's, that's 
more than teaching them about knowledge. He's coming to share his life with them. Join me, he says. Come and see for yourself. That's the truth, isn't it, in our lives that there are things that we need to experience for ourselves. If we're going to know them as true in our lives, we need to actually experience them. We, we can't just trust someone with that truth, let's say. No, we, we want to experience. We want to know it for our own lives and for our own journey. And this is the invitation to come and to witness. Now, the definition of this word experience is to know something personally, something that's personally encountered, undergone or lived through. It's the fact or state of having been affected by or gained knowledge through direct observation or participation. Direct observation. It means being in there and experiencing it yourself. And so here's the invitation that Jesus gives. Come and experience me for yourself. What he's saying is, I don't, I don't know what you've heard and maybe this is for you today. I don't know what you've heard. I don't know what people have told you about me. I don't know if your parents raised you in my ways. But come, it's your turn to experience me for yourself. I don't know what you know. I don't know what you just understand about me. I want you to know me for yourself. So these two are invited to be by Jesus' side. A a simple yet profound invitation which they gladly accept. And I will put it to you. This invitation stands for you here today. Jesus calls out and invites you to come and to see him. Come and see me, says Jesus. Experience me for who I am. There's a Native American Sioux saying, the longest journey you will make in your life is from your head to your heart. You may have heard those words. I only discovered that it was a Native American Sioux saying when I looked it up, to be honest. (laughs) The longest journey you will make in your life is from your head to your heart. To move beyond what you know of God, maybe what you've read, to truly experiencing him in your life, to truly know him. This is the invitation that Jesus gives. It's not one just to know more about him. It's actually to be and to walk by his side. And this is, this is the privilege as we continue that these two are able to experience. We read in verse 39 that it was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying and they remained with him the rest of the day. Four o'clock they go towards the end of the day, the, the, the cool of the day. And what's interesting is we we don't know what they did. You look closely and all we can see as you open up this passage is that they were with him. They, They dwelled in his presence. And we can try to assume or we can try to create what happened. I guess we understand what tends to happen after four o'clock. So we often try to fill in the gaps. Maybe they, they shared a meal. Maybe they went for a walk. Maybe they sat down and they spoke. We don't know. And I think we don't know for a reason. I think the silences in Scripture are as important as what we actually read. And I think this is why if, if, if all of a sudden it started to unpack exactly what they did, do you know what we would do? We would turn it into a list, wouldn't we? <laughs> we would make it like a law 
That, oh, that, so they're the things we must, we must do. And, and we, we make it this religious thing. We make it actually about the actions that they did rather than the, the very key point to this, is, which is simply this. They were with him. They were with him. What a privilege. They were with him and just shared life with Jesus. My prayer for you that today is that in your walk with Jesus, you will know the privilege to simply dwell with him. Yes, we're called to many other things, but first, the first invitation is simply to come and to be with him. And what does this look like in our lives, our, our busy, anxious lives? It means we can just sit and spend personal time with him in prayer or in his word. With no other agenda, but just to, just to sit. Uh, in summer, now that the, uh, the summer nights are beautiful, with, uh, especially lately, the weather's been much warmer and our... Our boys have a trampoline over the lockdowns, we thought. We staggered out these gifts that would continue to entertain them. All right? If there's any parents here, uh, we only have two boys, but if you've got kids in the household, just trying to entertain the kids was a challenge. Um, and keeping our sanity was a challenge in the midst of that too. But uh, we staggered out some gifts, and one was a trampoline. Uh, and they, these modern ones come with like a like sides on them and even came with a free cover. So it's like this little tent almost thing that you just jump in. And something I've enjoyed doing is at night, um, I tend to be a bit of a late, I go to bed late so the family tends to go down and I get this quiet time at the end of the day and I love going and lying on the trampoline and just looking up and in my earlier days when we had a trampoline you could see the stars but now there's like a rain cover on it so I have to sort of do this but you get the picture. You can sort of see the stars. But at that time of night, there's nothing going on. No one's running around anymore. Most people are in bed or winding down to go to bed. And there's this opportunity just to stop and to be still. And where we live, you can just sort of hear the birds rustling or a possum climbing up in a tree. Just in that stillness, it's, it's become a beautiful time and a space for myself personally to just to sit and to pray. Just to sit and to listen. Often I've started just playing some worship music on my phone. Not too loud so the neighbours won't be disturbed. But it's just time to sit and to let the words of those songs just sort of wash over my day. And to focus my eyes back on him. It's just a precious time and I wonder in your day where you could carve out some time to just be with Jesus in his word, in prayer. And that, that'll look different for many people. If you're an early riser, it's not going to work for you to stay up late and to do what I've just shared because you'll fall asleep. You probably need that sleep. But if you're an early riser, it might work to get up early in the morning and to, to spend that quiet time in the morning with him. Just, just carve out some time to just be with Jesus because it's such a privilege to be with him. Just not another task but an opportunity to be with him. In Psalm 42 we read these words. 
David, King David wrote these words and they express his heart and his longing for God. As the deer pants for water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. Where, when sorry, can I go and stand before him? That question he asks is because they would go to the temple and they would worship God in that place. When can I go to that place where God is? When can I come before him? The joy we have is that God is available to us at all times, in all places. What a privilege to carve out time to simply be with him. It's my prayer for you today. We also see this in this story. and This is just short but quite amazing. We read in verse 41 that these two declare that they have found the Messiah. They run to other people after their time with him. They can't help but go, guess what? Just like John said, the one who would come, we went, we spent some time with him. Is it? That's him. They go and they declare Jesus to everybody and to all of those around him. These two disciples were able to do this, to able to declare Jesus as the Messiah for themselves because they were with him and they experienced him for themselves. And no one had to tell them. I, I, most times in scripture, when the disciples go and share the good news, very rarely before the Great Commission, <laughs> are they told to go. They, they do it just naturally. And even the Great Commission, it's, it's just a natural thing, isn't it? We know this truth, now we go and share it. There's this natural reaction that when we've found something that we love, when we've discovered something that's great in our lives, we want to tell people about it. And so they do it. So again, we could do this. We can go, oh, wait, okay, so I need to focus on sharing Jesus. I actually want to pause it and take it a step back. No, I want you to spend time with him. Because I know this, when you have an experience of Jesus in your life, when you meet with him, comes and he, he speaks by his Holy Spirit into your life, he encourages you, you will not be able to stop telling people around you about what he's doing. So I want to encourage you to spend time with him. We need to discover him for yourself. You will naturally declare him, share him with those around you. Spend time with him. So this morning, May you hear the invitation of Jesus to draw by his side. Whatever life looks like at the moment, however, busy, hectic, heavy, I pray that you may come and draw by his side, that you accept his simple invitation to come and to see. I pray that you may pursue him, that you may come to experience him, that you may dwell with him, may discover and declare him for who he is as Lord and Saviour of, of your life and of our world. As Jesus invites us to come and to see him, we're going to take time also to celebrate in communion, which is also an invitation. It's also an, an invitation to come to the table to come and remember who he is. And so if you came in, you may have picked up one of those little cups. I'll get one. 
we've got one here. I'd like to invite you to join us in this time also. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you believe that Jesus is Lord, come and remember. Now, if you didn't pick one of these up just on a practical level, just put your hand up and we'll get one out to you there. We've got a couple hands there. Beautiful. Thank you. Grab one of these. I love the eagerness. You can hear the crankling and the rustling. You're all getting in there. Can I ask you for a moment just to to pause and to cease with the rustling for a moment? (laughs) Thank you. Because I want to focus here for the moment. In Matthew 26, we read these words from verse 26. As they were eating, who are they? So Jesus is with his disciples celebrating what for them was a Passover meal and they're they're eating a meal together. And Jesus took some bread and he blessed it. And then he broke it in pieces and he gave it to the disciples saying, take this and eat it for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and he gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, each of you drink from it for this is my blood which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Mark my words. I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And then they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. You see the invitation in verse 26? Jesus says, take this and eat it. Take it. He invites them to participate in the bread and the cup. He brings to their attention what he is about to do on the cross. And remember the disciples at this point They didn't fully understand what Jesus is saying. Take it, this is my body. Take it, this is my blood. I'm sure they sat there thinking, what's going on? What are you saying? It would be that night that Jesus would be taken and killed and crucified. I'm sure then they looked and said, oh, now now we we get what he's saying. We understand. And for us, on the other side of the cross, As we're invited to the table, we understand with greater clarity what Jesus is saying. This is what he's saying. He's inviting us to more than just a meal. He's inviting us more to just a little piece of bread and a cup. He's inviting us to a restored relationship with himself. He's talking about a covenant between God and his people, a promise that God would come and restore mankind, people, womankind to himself, every person, man, woman, child. He would come and dine across so that people could call out to him and be near him and to be saved, to be forgiven, to know what it is like to walk with God again. That's the invitation. It's an invitation to a relationship with himself. He even gives a glimpse of that fully restored relationship when he will come again in all his glory, when all of those who place their faith in Jesus Christ will come before him. He says, guess what? We're going to drink again. We're going to celebrate. It's an invitation to be near him, to be restored, to walk by his side. Maybe you're here today and you haven't accepted that invitation, I want to encourage you today to simply cry out and say, Jesus, I believe in you. I accept what you did on that cross for me. It's as simple as that. I believe that you are the Son of God. 
forgive me for my sins and my brokenness. I want to live my days for you. Those simple words. Accept his invitation. For the rest of us who have already accepted that invitation and who are walking with him for either 72 or 73 years, every time we come we're reminded and we're refreshed by this bread and this cup. It's a reminder of a relationship that we have with God that has restored us, a relationship that we continue to know and experience day by day. So if you haven't, take these elements and I'd like to pray for them as Jesus did. Jesus, as you prayed for the bread and the wine, would we do the same? We come and ask that these symbols will become so much more for us be a reminder, an inspiration, an encouragement, Lord, of of what you did for us, of your amazing act of love, how you restored us, how you made us right with yourself by your death on the cross and by your resurrection to new life. So we thank you, we give you praise for who you are. Amen. I'm going to encourage you to take and eat the, the wafer, the bread. And we're just going to have a time where we can sit and to dwell. No agenda. Just a moment right here, right now, to carve out some time to sit with Jesus to let his Holy Spirit just be very real and present and evident to you right now. To enable him just to speak into the stillness of your heart. Maybe a time just to say thank you. Maybe something you haven't done for quite a while. Feel free to eat and drink both of these items in your own time as you do so. In this time to just simply dwell with him.
Father, we thank you that you are with us. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that comforts us, encourages us, challenges us, Lord, in the midst of our everyday. We thank you for the privilege we have to stop, to spend time with you. And Lord, we pray that you enable us to continue that in our lives with you or to, to make time to carve out space to do that. Father, enable us to be able to hear and to be sensitive to your still, small voice in our lives, Lord, in the midst of this very noisy world. I pray that you enable us to to be sensitive to your leading so that even as we go, we hear your guiding and your leading in all that we do. Your still, small voice will guide us in every part of our lives. May we be aware that you are with us in all things, in all seasons. We thank you that you are with us, that you invite us to come and see, to come and see you for who you are. We just give you thanks and praise. And we pray in Jesus' mighty name. And God's people say, Amen. Amen.